welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. Ghosties. (laughs) (laughs) I am weak. (laughs) Every time I have to log into this, then join the podcast recording and ask me for a name and so tonight was large marge <laughs> you know um, i tell you what i think what was last week uh oh gosh i don't know but do you know what large marge is from um wasn't that oh gosh 90s 90s um, yes maybe even 80s i think it was early 90s though oh gosh Tell, Tell me. a large Marge sent you. Oh my gosh, why can't Beetlejuice? No, but uh, Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. <gasps> oh my god, the truck driver. Tell him large Marge sent you. Oh my god, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Well, you're welcome because I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna type in tonight? <laughs> it's an adventure every time we record separately for me to pick a name. I know become it's become a game <laughs> now i'm gonna have to keep stepping it up mm-hmm. i know so there's like weirdness that we need to talk about because you and i talked about a few things earlier but one thing i have not told you that's weird that happened but let's start with your weirdness overnight um we're not gonna say i don't know if we want to say the name that's causing all the new um, Mandela effects because we don't want our podcast to get dropped off of Spotify. Mm, mm. We need our pennies. Yes, I agree. I know. Yeah, guys, it was just a really weird night. Like um, I usually wear um, a Newtonite crystal and I've been wearing one for, I don't know, over a month now. I don't really ever take it off. Um, and I have been having a lot of insomnia here lately. And I woke up um, at about like one or two and I happened to notice that my necklace was just laid like ever so neatly on my nightstand. Um, so I had either been sleepwalking and had the dexterity enough to take my necklace off, you know, with a full set on um, without looking in the mirror, which is usually how well, I-, I can't clasp anything with a full set. <laughs> Or unclass. <laughs> I thought I got stuck in a necklace forever yesterday. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I've made a terrible choice. <laughs> Seriously. But I mean, like, that was the first thing I started thinking about. I was like, so you mean to tell me that somehow or another I got this necklace off with this full set of acrylics on in the dead of night? Like, it's not, you know, just dimly lit in our bedroom. Like, it's pitch black in there at night. The only reason why I saw my necklace was because I grabbed my phone and the light on my phone turned on. So I thought, that's weird. I couldn't get it back on by myself. I thought, I'm going to have to do this in the mirror tomorrow. So then I come downstairs this morning and our, so we have like these three shelves that are in our uh, kitchen next to our microwave. And it was like they were reversed. Like usually the bottom shelf was my spice rack. And um, then the next shelf was um, like my baking 
um, like sprinkles and cocoa powder and like different stuff. And then the third shelf was um, cookbooks. Everything was mismatched today. Like my cookbooks were down on the bottom. Um, my spices were in the middle and then cook stuff was at the very top. And we have three clocks um, in the kitchen. There's Kyle's um, coffee maker, the microwave, and then the stove. And all of them are usually set to the same time unless there's a power failure. And then usually they'll read that there's been a power failure and you got to reset them all. All of them were five minutes off this morning. Just super weird stuff. Right. Like I immediately messaged Missy and I was like, did we like jump a time? Or something like, well, whatever timeline that we left, we need to go back to because Logan's monkey is missing and I can't find it anywhere. What? His little monkey snuggle. The last time I saw it was a few mornings ago and I was sitting in the chair in the den and I looked over and he had like, it's like he had dropped on the floor and he picked it up and was like getting crazy aggressive with it like he does. Um, And I was, that's the last time I've seen him with it. And I have looked under couches, in trash cans, in cabinets, behind couches. I mean, that the tent that we have that they've been playing in, I looked under that, in that. I've looked in the bathroom. I've looked everywhere, under all the beds in the house. I cannot find that monkey anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Nowhere. I've looked in drawers. I mean, the only thing I can think is maybe he threw it in the kitchen trash can, and I didn't see it. Yeah. And we threw stuff on top of it, but I'm not going in the giant garbage can to find out, I'll tell you that. Ooh. But that's, that's the only place it could be. I mean, I've looked at, I've picked up the couch cushions and looked between them and like, that's I don't know. Yeah. That's the other thing that's really weird. Um, so I told Missy this um, over last weekend, Kyle and I did like a, a good deep clean of our bedroom and we're working our way through the house. And um. When we were cleaning in there, um, we were going to hang some pictures that we hadn't been able to hang yet. And we had a stud finder in there. Like I can remember seeing it in there a few days ago. We have torn the house apart trying to find that stud finder. It is nowhere. Nowhere. Yep. So it's just weird. Like if anybody else has noticed like random differences here lately, like give us a shout out in the comments for uh, this particular episode. Well, I have, I told you last night when, um, I was in bed, I heard pumpkin barking. That's my dog for those of you who don't know. And he'll go outside sometimes at night and just bark. And so, but this sounded like faint and I was like, is he dreaming? Like, so I got up and went down to the other end of the house and he was in the garage. So I turned the light on in the garage. He was standing there barking towards the outside dog door. So I was like, great. I hope there's not like an animal out there <laughs> or an alien, whatever. Um, so I get him to come in the house um, and I go back to bed. Well, this morning when I got up, the garage light was still on. And like I told you, the way my OCD is set up, <laughs> I, lights being left on sets me off. So I have to like, there are only certain lights I leave on at night. And like, that is so bright that I you can see it through the dog door that goes from the laundry room out. Mm -hmm. So I would have known it was still on. Mm -hmm. um, and here is one from this afternoon, which is, um, it's still kind of freaking me out. So I have two girls that I tutor three days a week and um, some of the other kids, but 
I only see them once. So the girls that I tutor, I let them use colored pencils and like do some workbooks and stuff. So I have a pack of colored pencils I bought for them to use. The purple, I don't know what happened to it. Just can't find it. So yesterday, one of the girls was like, I really don't know. You know, it's the only, there's 12 colored pencils in there. There's only 11. She's like, I really don't know what happened to the purple. And I was like, I know it's got to be in the bottom of my tutoring bag. Well, that thing is jam packed. So I've got my arm in there and I'm like reaching under the bottom of folders and papers and stuff. And I'm like, I can't find it anywhere. She said, well, I'll just use a purple crayon. I said, okay. So I pulled out the crayon box, gave her a purple crayon, whatever. Clean up for the day. Um, I put the tutoring bag in my car. I don't take the tutoring bag out. I just leave it in there because I'm with them three days a week. So today when I got there, um, I bought them some brand new workbooks, put them down. I set my bag down on the floor and I looked down and I was like, are you kidding me? And I showed her, I don't want to say her name. I said, look at this. And she looked over at the bag and she looked up at me and I was like, you see what that is. Right. And she was like, that's the purple colored pencil. It was sticking up out of my bag as if somebody had just stuck it in the top of my bag. Oh my gosh. They think they're funny. (laughs) And Well, the funny thing is she was like, well, do you think one of your kids did it? And I was like, no, because it was in the front seat of my car and I don't take it inside. And they're, you know, I didn't even have them in the car. And so she said, maybe an alien did it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, you know what, honey, maybe (laughs) because I mean, I was just staring at it and I'm like, are you serious right now? Like I kind of got chills because I was like, I mean, I dug through the bottom of that bag trying to feel for a colored pencil in the bottom. Yeah. And for me to have put everything in there when we were done yesterday, the color pencil box, the crayon box, their workbooks, everything to sit down today. And that be the first thing that's on the top of the bag, sticking straight up, sticking out of the bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just y'all. There's some weirdness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some weirdness. I mean, it is new moon too. So that's, Oh, I got to put my thing out for my moon water. Ooh. Yeah. I need to remember to do that too. I got to put an amethyst out there with it too and write my intentions on a piece of paper. Yes. Can't forget. Yes. Hey y'all, it's Christina from the Ghosties podcast and I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com or find me on my TikTok channel at christinathemedium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with, and that is wine. (laughs) Shocker. Um, I love my wine, sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It 
has no added sugars, and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day. And before you try to stop me and say, oh, I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme, it's not about that. It is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own. All you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich. That's M-I-S-S-Y-S-T-U-P-R-I-C-H. We have cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich and check out your next big wine obsession. Oh, hi. And for our next trick, we are in person for part two. (laughs) (laughs) I know, y'all, we got all ready. We went to record. We started it over. Just kept hearing myself. Yeah, and it kept breaking up. And I never know if it's like my spotty internet. So sometimes I just don't even connect to the internet when we do it because I don't know if it's going to go in and out Mm -hmm. or what. Mm -hmm. Good old, we only have one company out here we pretty much can get. So I'm not going to name names because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, rhymes with Jackson's middle name, which is Carter. Oh, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Here right. we are. Here we are. So we're in person today. And we're talking about... Angels. 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 Angel. Oh, yes. my. Oh, my God. Yes, you're welcome. I when feel like... I saw you. Oh, my <laughs> Monica. God. Oh, my God. I feel like it's 1998 all oh over again. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't that from, like, Space Jam or something? Something. No, that was for you, I will, I think. Oh, oh my God. Girl, <laughs> I will cross the ocean for you. Oh, my God. Oh, skating rink memories. Oh, listen. I did my first couple skate to some Monica did. and Brandy songs. The Boy Is Mine? Oh, I was going to say. That was a collaborator. You wouldn't have couple skated to that one. Yeah. I might have fought with my girlfriends to that I'll one. and someone. <laughs> Skates are flying. Drop them. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So yeah, guys, we're talking about angels today. How do we just say all that in a minute and a half? I know. I feel like something's going to be awry. (laughs) We're talking about angels. Y'all, why are we having all this tomfoolery with angels? I can't wait to reference my story before when you do your last story. Yes. Anyways, yeah. Y'all, okay, so before we get into what angels, or like the stories that I have about angels... This is just my own personal opinion about what angels are. Um, I think that angels, for the most part, have never lived a human life here. I think that their energy like comes straight from spirit. Um, but I do think the more that I've done this work, the more I've heard from like family members in spirit that will say sometimes they sign up to be like helpers. Um, and sometimes they will quite literally like sign up to be helpers within the earth plane. Um, and when I've asked them, like, well, what does that mean? Very often they'll say, well, sometimes I'm told, like, hey, go follow this girl and make sure that she makes it through the park safely. Mm, right. And then usually during the course of that, they'll say, yeah, we saw this man that was kind of watching her. We just had to make sure that they were able to get through the park. And it will be like these random folks that were deceased humans, you know, that went over to the other side. They just wanted to help. What about Amelia? Isn't she an angel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a guardian angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's guardian angels, which are basically completely personalized to you. Okay. Then there's archangels that right, govern right. larger bodies of people and groups of people. Like? Like the world. Like, like um, Michael, Archangel Michael mm-hmm. and Azrael. Yeah. And 
Gabriel. Gabriel. Ariel. I forget. Ariel? Yeah. Like the Little Mermaid. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yes. All of them. Mm-hmm. Them guys. Mm-hmm. But there is a component to this that I've noticed that some people, once they pass away, they will quite literally sign up to keep people safe here. It won't be like their entire task, but they'll do it, you know, randomly here and there as they're assigned. I know my Archangel Michael is sick of me. <laughs> Because every time I feel like something is awry in the house, I'm like calling him in to <laughs> shut it down. Seriously. My guys are like, uh, hello. We're here. And I'm like, well, obviously you're not because things are happening. And you're not taking care of it, Troy. Weird. Get out of here with that. Calling the big guns. Go bust some knees. Seriously. Oh, he did. Did he? he did. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. Money. That's right. I had some outstanding like fees owed to me. We'll just say that. And, um... Yeah, I was like, all right, get on, get out there with the, told my uh, guide, my guardian to go out and uh, collect my dues. And he sure did come through. Within like 24 hours, I had had like three people pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get my money. Go knock some knees around. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. So here are some stories that I found of angels. Um, and this first story was actually a story that my mother used to tell me all the time. Okay. Um, so... For those of you who might not know me, um, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, so there was a lot of talk of angels in our house. No talk of spirit guides, but lots about angels. Just off 444. Ooh, nice. All right, so this story says, a missionary on furlough told this true story while visiting his home church in Michigan. He said, I was serving in a small field hospital in Africa, and every two weeks, I would travel by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. This was a journey of two days, and it required for me to camp overnight at a halfway point. On one of these journeys, I arrived in the city where I planned to collect money from a bank, purchase medicine and supplies, and then begin my two-day journey back to the field hospital. Upon arriving in the city, he noticed two men fighting, one of whom had been seriously injured. He went over to the man who had been injured, treated him for his wounds, and then let him go about his merry way. Um, He said, I ended up traveling the two days journey, camped overnight, and then I arrived home without incident. So basically what happened when he arrived back home, he ran into uh, one of his other missionary friends. And this missionary friend had been talking to the man that he had treated after that fight. And he said, this missionary like ran up to him basically and was like, are you okay? Like, I was really worried about you. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, I've just, you know, gone on my trip took me two days like usual he was like well i've been talking to this man who ran into you um and the man was still there so he said this man had something that he wanted to tell you because it was really weighing on him so they go over to this guy and he was like hey you know i'm so sorry but i was with that friend and remember we were in that fight when you saw us we were fighting because this man wanted to rob you oh he knew that you were getting ready to go and connect with that bank and get money as well as supplies and so he basically told me and bribed me to go rob you in the middle of the night oh my gosh so he said this man still went with him to rob this man they went to the halfway point where he had camped but when they approached it there were 26 armed guards around this man's encampment glowing in white Standing with a large rifle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it scared them so bad that they ended up running away and leaving. I just got chills all down my spine. I know, me too. (laughs) The back of my neck is like lighting Mm -hmm. up right now. Yeah. (gasps) So uh, the missionary friend of his said, 
the reason why this story is important. And he said, you know, how did you know it was 26? And he said, well, we waited for a little bit to see if these guys were gonna leave. And we counted them to see if we were gonna, you know, be able to take them basically. They said that when they made eye contact with them off in the distance, those guards all collectively made eye contact with uh, those two men. And that's when they ran. Okay, bye. Yeah. So this missionary said, the reason why this is important is while you were on your journey, I felt like I needed to pray for you. I felt like something was wrong and like I needed to send you some helpers. So he prayed to God and asked him to send 26 angels to stand guard around him. He said, why 26? And he said, that's just the number that popped into my head. <laughs> I'm just, what? Mm-hmm. My mom I'm used to tell me that a while. Chills. Yeah. Um, all right. So this next one, and if y'all remember too, like there's a, a Bible verse in the Bible that goes like, be careful when you entertain strangers because you could really be entertaining angels. So it reminds me too huh. of, remember that dude that we saw in the cemetery? Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm, creeper. All right. So this next story um, comes from John Boston. He says, um, I was driving on an airport road in Columbus, Ohio in 2015 when I got into a terrible car accident that sent a live transformer crashing down onto my car. Fox 8 Cleveland reported that he was trapped inside of the burning car as the windshield melted and the door folded shut. Boston uh, Papers said that then a stranger, or excuse me, not Boston Papers, John Boston said that then a male stranger walked up, crashed through the melted glass, opened the door and unfolded it. Like, unfolded the metal uh. and reached and grabbed his hand and pulled him out of the car to safety. He said, when I landed on the asphalt and looked up, there was no one else around me. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Gives me chills. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this one said, I was heading home with my two children driving in the slow right lane. The next thing I knew, I was flying in the air in my Ford Windstar with no control. Uh... What? <laughs> mm -hmm. When my van landed, it looked like a crane had just picked it up off the ground and put it at an opposite end of the road. It was in the ditch perfectly. I had little room to get out, just enough to pull my little ones out of the car. It felt like a force had lifted us up off of the ground and just placed us into the ditch. When one of the bystanders that had witnessed the accident came over, they said, I saw your car start to spin and lean like it was going to roll, and then it stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to save that one for the last one. Oh. I know. All right, so let's see. Next one. All right, so Jack and Jenny Pate looked up from their renovation work on the second floor of their Texas farmhouse just in time to see their three-year-old daughter lean too hard on the window screen. Jenny opened her mouth to call out when the screen buckled, and with a scream, the helpless child slid out into thin air. Paralyzed for a moment with horror and helplessness, both of them breathed the word, Jesus help her. It was a prayer and a gasp. Nearly stumbling over one another, the Pates rushed over to uh, the steps and flew downwards to try and get out the front door and see where the child had landed. Mm. Their anguish turned into astonishment when they found Peggy sitting quietly on the bottom step of their front porch steps. Scooping her up in their arms, Jenny wept with relief. Don't worry, Mama, that big man caught me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Jack and Jenny looked around but saw no one. What man? What are you talking about? And she says there was a man in white 
that grabbed me as I fell out of the window and put me down here. You know, what I'm realizing right now, listening to all these stories, they keep giving me goosebumps. And I know I get chills and goosebumps when I get, like, scared or, like, Mm -hmm. freaked out. These are all down my spine and the back of my neck. The back of me and, like, the back of my leg. Mm -hmm. None on the front. Mm -hmm. But when, like, things creep me out or whatever, like, I get it on the front of my arms and the front of my leg. Ah. I've never, but every one of these stories, like, I feel like my, the back of my head, Uh mainly my face and my head feel like they're tingling. Uh Uh-huh. And then the back of my leg, like, now the front of my leg is not what I'm talking about, but, like, that's weird. I bet it's because of the angel energy. I think Mike's getting ready to come in here. I'm going to hear the door go, yeah, y'all. It's fine. (laughs) Don't be scared if you hear it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I bet you're feeling... There it is. Yep. <laughs> there it is. I bet you're feeling angel energy. I might be. Mm-hmm. I bet you are. I might be. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. So this next one um, comes from Jill. Jill says, uh, my friend Jane, a friend of mine, was in the hospital following the delivery of her first baby. After 23 hours of difficult labor, Jane was drained physically. When she stood for the first time to walk from her room to the bathroom, she felt dizzy, but certain she could walk by herself, and she made the trip without assistance. When she came out of the bathroom, however, she sensed suddenly that she had overexerted herself and Mm. was about to faint. Casting about for something to hold onto as her knees began to buckle, she saw a male nurse run from the hallway holding a tray of blood samples and call out, no sooner had she spoken and made eye contact with him that she saw a flash of white of his uniform beside her and she felt two strong hands underneath her armpits supporting her. Then all went black. When uh, Jane came to, she was lying in her hospital bed and the male nurse was standing over her, still holding the tray. I'm so glad you heard me, she said weakly. Thanks for catching me. But the young man shook his head and said, I'm sorry, I couldn't get over there. I couldn't risk dropping all of these blood samples. And I didn't know if I was going to make it in time anyway. I'm just glad that you got yourself to bed. You could have really uh, hit yourself hard on the floor. Uh, When Jane told me the story later, she said, Betty, if that man didn't help me, it would have been an angel or it had to have been because there was no one else in the room. I saw the flash of a white uniform and felt hands supporting me. She added with a smile, I guess I know now what the meaning of Psalms 91 about the angels lifting you up with their hands, what that means. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, let's see. This other story says, two young women were trapped beneath an overturned car on Highway 40 when they feared they were about to be engulfed in flames. Then suddenly, a man driving west on Highway 40 saw the women and sensed their danger. He quickly stopped his car and ran over to them, not knowing how he could help them escape. Apparently, the car would have been lifted. What? Apparently, the car would have been lifted up so the women could crawl out, and he was without help himself. Okay, so that's what they needed. Basically, okay. they needed him to lift the car up. So as he ran, he prayed, "Angels, Jesus, give me strength, help me." He reached the car and, with one last prayer, put his hands under the bumper and lifted. Miraculously, he held the car up just above two feet, allowing the women just enough room to crawl out of the car freely. Mm. Was it simply an emergency flow of adrenaline, or perhaps was it something different? Interesting. Yes. And then I've got, all right, so several years ago, ago, Marvin, his wife Sharon, 
and their two children were driving north of Jacksonville, Florida, when the indicator in his car showed that the engine was overheating. Getting out and raising the hood, he knew that he better take off the radiator cap, as steam was starting to hiss around it. He decided to prop the hood open until the engine cooled. But as he lifted it up, the radiator cap suddenly blew off. The force of the pent-up steam and the scalding fluid knocked him onto the ground and burned him from his waist to the top of his head. Oh my my God. God. Sharon ran over to the nearby house and called an ambulance. Marvin was rushed to the nearest emergency room where a burn specialist was waiting for him. Upon examining him, the doctor exclaimed how fortunate it was that Marvin had been wearing glasses, and Marvin assured him, I was not wearing glasses. And he said, but you must have been wearing glasses. And he said, but I wasn't. And he said, the doctor shook his head and said, all I know is there must have been an angel that held his hands over your eyes because there is an imprint like there was glasses over your eyes. That was oh the only place gosh. that he wasn't burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craziness. I, just, I want you to know that three of the times I looked down, it was 444 and then 333 and then 555. Oh, I love it. I'm like, uh, all the angel <laughs> numbers are popping up right now. <laughs> yeah. So then this last story. So this was an interesting story too because, so this story is called Fallen Tree and I got this all of these stories together like what two weeks ago yeah so then tell them what happened to you the other day so it's not exactly like an angel sighting but um we had a lot of like a really quick storm out here um and there's a lot of pine trees all around so it's one of those afternoon storms that came through really quick and left and i was supposed to drive out about 20 25 minutes from here and go tutor two of the girls that i tutor so I was going to leave a little bit earlier, but when Mike got home, I told him, I'm going to wait um, this rain out a little bit and then go. Um, and so I was in the kitchen, like, getting their stuff ready for dinner and, you know, just, like, getting the boys' plates set up, just everything so that I could literally just, here's the food when you need it, I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And it just it felt like it was taking me, like, a little bit longer to leave. And I'm like, I got to go. Like, what am I doing? I'm just, you know. Lap, like seriously like lazing around or something mm-hmm. so I finally get in the car and I go and I get right around the street and I mean like a minute up the road and as I'm driving I watch in front of me what looked like just a load of branches fall from the top of the trees right in the middle of the street and we had to slam on brakes it was just me but there was one other car in front of me and cars on the other side of the road and I was like oh my gosh like, it's, there's no more rain. It's not raining anymore. It's bright. Um, and then after we stopped for a minute, I didn't know if it was just on that side, if we were going to go around. But I realized, pulling up a little closer to it, it was a, an entire pine tree that had come crashing across the street. And if I would have been left, you know, two seconds earlier. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got out. And I guess they had already, like, started calling, like, emergency vehicles and everything. And it was on top of, I don't know if it was a van, but there was a tree on top of a van and there were people in there. Goodness. Yeah, and I was like, did I, was that almost, like, could that have been, mm-hmm. like, I I'm, I have pictures and I can post it when we post stuff about the episode. Um, so I got, I came back home and I'm like well you know I messaged the dad I was like I guess I'm not going out there because I would have had to go like all the way yeah some really back way and it just wasn't worth it and I was just sitting there and I'd sat down to eat and I couldn't really eat and I was just sitting there thinking and I asked Mike I was like you know or I told him I said I'm just wondering like 
how much my little Chevy Malibu, if this was a taller, more sturdy vehicle, how much it can sustain. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, not a pine tree. Yeah. And I was like, just, you know, in shock. Cause I'm like, what if it was the boys were in there, you know, mm-hmm. like would I have just potentially died? You know, it yeah. was insane. And like, what made me leave the house later, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't that much later, it was still, yeah. I don't know. It was weird. And the, the thing about it after that is that like a few other people that night and the next day messaged me and was like, Oh, I saw this happen on such and such road. I'm, I hope y'all didn't have any down trees. And I'm like, well, I was right beside that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody ever messaged me about storms and it was like his mom and like some people down the st- on the other side of the road down the way. And you know, Goodness. that were like, Oh, I saw this, you know, this was on the news. Well, I'm like, I was right there. (laughs) Here's the picture. I was right there. It was almost me. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. When Missy messaged me and she was like, you are never going to believe this. And she sent me the pictures. And I was like, I'm sure. Like, tell me about what happened before you left. Like, was it taking you a while? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, yeah, it was. I was standing in front of the stove and I'm like, do I need coffee? Like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Like, I just felt like I couldn't get moving. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when we sat down to actually record Ghosties on Thursday, like usually when we have interference in our episodes, it's because we're covering like a crazy topic or, you know, something dark. And so when we started having interference, I was like, why are we having all these problems? These are angel stories and episodes. So I'm scrolling through my notes as we're trying to restart the recording. And I happen to see the last story (laughs) that's in the stories that I compiled weeks ago before that happened to Missy. The last story is called Falling Tree. And it says, A retired woman in England couldn't help but count her blessings as she watched a huge tree come crashing down onto her car, the same car she had been about to enter. But thanks to divine intervention, she nearly escaped death. Joyce Woodward was about to head out for the day when the phone started ringing, taking her away from the car. The tree, out of nowhere, then plummeted down onto her vehicle, leaving Mm. the car a mangled mess. It just came down all by itself, but it looks like a rotten uh, tree at the base. If I hadn't had a phone call to deal with, I would have been in that car, mm. and I most certainly would have died. Yeah. The other thing that I found really interesting, we'll have to post um, the pictures of um, things that they took. Um, so some of y'all might remember this, um, if y'all are millennials, um, but so there was an incident called uh, the Cokeville uh, angel miracle or the Cokeville um, elementary siege. I had no, I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I'd heard about this is Unsolved Mysteries in the 80s did an episode on this um, and I remembered it when I was starting to do the notes for this episode. So basically what happened was in a nutshell, on May the 16th 1986, David and Doris Young took an entire elementary school hostage in Cokeville, Wyoming. They were armed with firearms and a homemade bomb that was basically on this three-tiered cart. Um, two, two, two. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, what they did was they, each of the tiers of that cart had a different mechanism of that bomb. And they had a device that basically it was like this string that they tied around their wrists. And if they pulled that string, it would detonate the bomb. So they took several classrooms hostage of children, like elementary school age children along with their teachers. There were 70 plus people uh, in that one classroom that they basically held everyone hostage in. Mm. Um, So 
some of the children during all of this um, started to feel sick from the fumes of the gasoline that was basically open to the air as a part of that bomb. So the teachers started asking the two captors, I guess that's the right word, if they could move the kids backwards and basically make like a magic circle around them so that they couldn't be around or be too close to them or like fall into them and jostle the bomb. So they took masking tape, put like a taped square around the two captors and the bomb and pushed the kids backwards. And it was during this time that the kids said that they started seeing angels and family members from the other side. I read that. and mm-hmm. um, So Katie Walker Payne, one of the child survivors from Cokeville, also spoke um, at the presentation about her experience. She said, those who love us and have, who have passed on are always near us and close to us. According to Payne, her grandmother, whom she had never met, who had passed away prior to her being born, appeared to her the day of the tragedy and helped her to safety. Payne was seven years old and in the first grade at the time. Several years later, she identified her grandmother in a family locket photo. Mm. The woman in the locket was the only photo my mother had of her. So at age 15, I saw the photo and I identified her. I said, Mom, that's the lady that saved me from the classroom. Oh, my gosh. Many kids testified of their ancestors running with them, leading them out of the school or helping them out of the windows when the bomb detonated. Mm. Because the bomb did detonate, y'all. Who gives me the chills? Um, so Doris, the wife of the guy that basically arranged all of this, um, he left her with that uh, like trigger device around her wrist. And when some of the kids started getting anxious, she herself started to get like really keyed up and flailing her hands all around. She flailed one too many times and it detonated that bomb. There was an indentation in the wall of what looked like a giant person. Um, it looks like an angel, y'all. I'll have to post the picture. But basically what happened is the bomb detonated straight upwards and didn't expand like it usually would have. Um, they also, because they had made that magic circle, none of the children were close to the bomb. Um, many were injured, but nothing seriously. Um, Let's see. It said, um, after the bomb went off, I thought one of the teachers at the school was helping me. I didn't recognize her, but she led me by the hand and told me not to look back and run as fast as I could. Later in the fifth grade, Johnson said that she was looking at a family photo album and recognized the teacher. It was her deceased aunt who had died several years prior to the events of Cokeville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, there was other accounts of the children seeing what looked like these bright flashing lights, basically motioning for them to move to certain areas of the room right before the bomb detonated. And basically, like, if the kids had been sitting there, they would have died because they were too close. Mm. Yeah. The picture's weird. Mm-hmm. But you gotta also, um, what people might not understand is the angels don't look how you think they might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point, so. that angel that uh, Missy makes. So archangels especially usually look like giants. Um, I've only ever really seen archangels like from the chin down because usually the ceiling cuts off the rest of their head, at least from the way that I see them. Um, so it's interesting that this picture basically looks like this giant person mm-hmm. that extends upwards to the ceiling. So it's interesting. The other, like I'm hearing my guides remind me of this too. Um, the other thing that happened within that whole particular instance was the bomb, I guess, was separated into two different parts and a leak 
of gasoline started um, as soon as they arrived in the place. So basically, if the entire bomb had exploded, the whole school would have disintegrated. Mm. But because it started having that leak, it you know made it fallible for whatever reason. Oh, so crazy. I know. They made a movie about it, apparently. I didn't know that until I, when I did I, this. When I Googled it last night, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then one of the things was, it was like, Saying it was a hoax or something, I'm like, oh lord, here we go. <laughs> now I gotta go down the conspiracy <laughs> rabbit hole. Shucks. I oh know. darn. Oh no. I love a conspiracy. <laughs> well, guys, this was my episode. Those today. were really good stories. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Find us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and email us your stories at theghostiespodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.